evening, ladies and gentlemen. Wednesday Night Wallop, episode 20. Episode 20 of season four. It's Ryland Turner, and thank God, thank God, I'm joined by Kyle Joseph. It's been a busy weekend without you, my friend. Uh, how are you? Uh, I'm good. Uh, so I was away without internet or cell phone service for the entire long weekend. Uh, I was out, I was out camping. I uh, got to see the Northern Lights in person for the first time. Uh, if you've never had the chance, for our American listeners, if you've never had the chance to see it uh, live, uh, take a trip up to to, to Northern Canada. Um, it will be cold, but man, those lights are beautiful. It's worth it. Okay, hold on, hold on. Where did you go camping? I went up to uh, near Gimli. Okay, Manitoba. all right. So you know you can see them from the city, right? You can, but there's a difference between because uh, I've seen Northern Lights in the city once or twice because the light pollution blocks out a lot of it. There's a difference between that and being able to go out and see like a sky full of green and purple and stuff, which Fair you enough. get when you get out there. And like, I'll, I'll say this: I've never been able to pick out constellations before in the sky, okay. where it's something okay. that you just. In the city, just there's just too much light to be able to do it. Out there, you get hundreds and hundreds of stars. It's really beautiful. Yeah, I, I 100% agree with you. There's a there's an area not too far from here where it's uh, uh, des- designated for people who want to stargaze. And it is, uh, being out in the country, uh, in the time that I've been out in the country since I moved out to uh, um, the Napanee Kingston area, has been uh, a breath of fresh air and a sense of, of nature has really... Uh, you know, show, shown its true colors to me. Uh, however, you're talking about the Northern Lights. Uh, I, I don't want to, like, you know, digress from the show much uh, longer, but uh, the first time I ever saw Northern Lights. Um, are you familiar with Tyndall Park School? Uh, yeah, I am. Okay, so me and a few buddies, uh, you know, full disclosure, we were um, smoking the marijuana. And as you do, uh, and uh, (laughs) we were sitting in the park, just looking up at the sky and a a buddy and my a buddy and myself just saw it It just happened. It just happened out of nowhere and it just hit us. And we were like, oh, my God, like, is this the weed or whatever? And my buddy sitting there like, you guys are stupid. You guys, you guys are just stoned. Then he looked up and he was like, oh, no, 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 no. Okay, hold on. I see what you're saying now. This is this is pretty wild. Um, so definitely, definitely something that I'm excited that you got to see. And you probably got to see it way more full circle than, than, than myself and my friends. Uh, so that's great. I will say, I, I, I got to bust your chops a little bit, man, for years, you were just staunchly against camping. I still, so here's what I'll say about it. This is a good experience. I stand by a lot of what I said. I do like the comforts of indoors over, uh, going out, but it, there is something to getting out into nature every once in a while. Like, mm-hmm. it sends reason. I like hiking. I like going into, like, uh, those types of areas when the bugs aren't too bad or it's not too hot. And the weather was pretty good. Everything's just kind of worked out very nicely that um, this is a good weekend to happen to, to happen to have done it. That's not to say, again, I will take a cabin over camping. Right. If we're going out into the wilderness. And there is something, I will also say this. There's something nice about having your phone off every now and then. 
Yes, I feel like the first couple of days, and and full disclosure, uh, in in a couple weeks, me and Kyle are going to be doing this show very differently. But I feel like in a couple weeks, maybe the first day that I'm on vacation, maybe the first two days I'm on vacation, phone-free, I think. After, after the last few years of working and just always having something to do and always something going on I, I even even though I'm not necessarily going out into nature where I don't have a cell phone reception I, I think it would be beneficial to me to, to experience that just like you did absolutely like, I mean I will say this it's hard to do to put the phone away because there's obviously I mean we live in a world where there's a lot of expectations of being able to be within reach I know my you know uh, my work at times gets into the, that situation where, you know, being able to be in reach is always something that you'd like to be able to do, but it is nice to put it away every now and again. I would highly recommend um, taking the opportunity, having evenings where you don't have to talk to anybody, if you're that type of person especially. Like, it can be nice. Yes. Yes, absolutely. With all that said... I think it's time to get into uh, the news of the week, which we get like to do in a segment we call the Wednesday Night Roundup. It's the Wednesday Night Roundup. And we're going to start with... We are going to talk about what we have to talk about, but we're going to hold off on it as long as we possibly can. Uh, and get that's through that's some top of the story news, news Kyle. Uh, Pat McAfee is getting an opportunity to get onto College Game Day. Yes, yes, he's taking a step away from WWE and stepping down as the SmackDown announcer uh, at this current time, anyway, to jump into uh, talking about college football and commentating for college football for a while. Which, look, like I love Pat McAfee and I love um, his work in WWE, both in ring and out of ring. Um, but this is the thing that this guy loves more than anything in the world. So I can't, I can't take it this away from him. Like this is, this is a sport this man played professionally for God's sakes. Um, so like, I, like, I think that he's going to add something that I think college ball when it comes to football is way more entertaining than the NFL personally. Um, so I'm excited for, for Pat McAfee. I think he's going to be a breath of fresh air. And this should be something to look forward to. You might know a little bit more about this than I, though. Is the, is he commentating? Is he going to be on, like, a panel? What is exactly is he doing? So College Game Day, and that's what I'm not sure. I'm not actually sure. I, I think he's going to be on the panel. Uh, so that basically what happens is every uh, Saturday they go up to somewhere. Uh, yeah, it does appear that he's joining ESPN's College Game Game Day. It's going to be the panel. So, the problem obviously being that, he, you know, you have a chance where you're going to, uh, to Iowa State or to, you know, Oregon or to Texas A&M, uh, College Station, Texas. It's hard to get from SmackDown to there, um... In, in less than a day. So, yeah, suffice to say, it is... It's cool to see him getting this opportunity. That's It's a big, big deal. Uh, College Game Day is kind of one of the... Um, the big anchor shows 
on ESPN on a major network. So it's cool to see him get that opportunity. Obviously, I think he's, uh, um, yeah, he's a big deal. He's obviously a big deal. So um, we will see what happens uh, for him going forward. But I wish him the best. Absolutely. Uh, I'm excited to see what this guy can give to uh, college ball. I think this is going to be a lot of fun for him. And it should be a lot of fun for for, for uh, wh- whatever exactly or whoever he's working with. And whatever he's doing, anyone around him is going to enjoy themselves, I think. This is a guy who, like I said, when he first got there, man, I was his biggest critic. But I have turned full circle on Pat McAfee. Yeah, 100%. Ike, he's, he's been a, a big uh, big addition to this. Um, our next piece of news. The big man, Braun Strowman, back in WWE. Yes, he's uh, he's coming to flip cars and mow down guys. He showed up this week with red pants, my friend. Red pants. Uh, red, red suit pants or jeans or whatever the fuck they were. And he mowed down uh, the Street Profits and uh, uh, the Alpha Academy. And uh, that was that. So, Bronze, I mean, this is something that in last week's interview with uh, Ariel Hilwani, Triple H did mention. He was asked at the end of the interview, uh, four guys that he, or four people he, uh, and his opinions on whether they'd be back or not. The first was Sasha Banks, which he said, time will tell. The next was Braun Strowman, which he said, you will see Braun Strowman in WWE again. And then he went into his first meeting with Braun Strowman and thinking that this guy's got such a wild personality that how could you have him not in the company? Um, I do not remember who the third person was, so I do apologize. Uh, And Bray Wyatt was the last one, which he which he. If I was trying to scout Bray Wyatt and get Bray Wyatt back in the company, I would not be calling him crazy Bray Wyatt and bringing up the issues of him being hard to work with. That's for sure. But Braun Strowman came back. That's the that's the news story we have. Braun Strowman is back. And this is in the list of many guys who have returned to WWE since Triple H has taken over, consisting of uh, Dexter Loomis, Johnny Gargano. Uh, uh, we now have uh, Imperium is back. Kyle, I don't know if we talked about this. I don't think we did. Imperium returned at uh, at Worlds, or sorry, not Worlds Collide, but uh, Clash at the Castle. I, I should say Imperium uh, minus a- Alexander Wolf. Yes, Alexander Wolf is still. Uh, he's. I think he's back in Germany working for XWF. Sure, but sure. GWF. I'm not sure. I can't remember what they're called. Uh, the big promotion in Germany. Actually, there might be two of them. Regardless. Um. Yeah, the, the three of them back together. It's good to see. Um, yeah, Walter seems to be a pretty dominant IC champion right now. The match was a banger. That was probably my one of my matches of the weekend was Sheamus and and uh, Gunther. This, this match was unreal, Kyle. And if you haven't checked it out, and I know you haven't, do it, man, because the, the, the end of the year awards are coming quick, and that's a match you got to watch before the end of it. All right, it's time to talk about this nonsense. Yep, let's do it. Let's so, argue. Let's get the stuff out of the way that we agree on. Okay. So, at the end of pay-per-view this weekend for AEW, all out, CM Punk was doing the post-match interview. He said a lot of words. And not pr- not, multiple- pr- not prompted to do either. He just he no. just said it. Called out multiple people in the locker room. 
Um, some by name. Unsurprisingly, Colt Cabana was one of them. Said some really hateful things about Colt Cabana. Um, suggested that the EVPs couldn't run a target. Said that they worked with children. Um, among other things. I think we both agree he was acting a fool. Yes. Uh, he was unprofessional as all hell. And this is, I, listen, this is coming from a guy who loves this guy. I, you know, I've been talking about it for a year now. I, I love the CM Punk run in AEW so far. I've loved every single match he's been in. This was unprofessional. I'll say this. I'll say this. Uh, this is a guy who has said openly, if you have a problem with me, come talk to me. And he chose to talk about these problems that he had in a press conference. I have some points to make about it, but I want you to continue. So here's what uh, we'll get into. We'll get into the details of this later. But then um, it does appear that there was an altercation backstage. Uh, it appears that the executive vice president, in particular the Young Bucks, sought out CM Punk to hash things out in person. Ah, uh, do you do we know that they wanted to hash things out with them? Or no, or? I'm saying I'm I'm not, I'm using hash things out sort of more. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. Loosely, um, they had words. Uh, the words escalated into what appears to be a fist fight. Um, it involved uh, somebody throwing a chair at Nick Jackson, and it involved uh, Kenny Omega getting bit by a steel. Uh, a steel was among also the one to throw things. the chair. Okay, yes. So among other things, the altercation uh, led a number of people to try to break up that altercation. Everybody who was involved in it got suspended. Um, and um, when we get to it today, uh, some titles were vacated as a result of it. So here's what I will say about this, and I want to I want to take a little bit of time. Because I do think, I think we both are in agreement on the first stuff that I'm going to say. Sure. Tony Khan, when he hired CM Punk, if he didn't, if he didn't personally have a conversation with Colt Cabana, or if CM Punk and Colt Cabana did not talk sometime before that hiring happened, that was a mistake on the part of Tony Khan. Agreed. CM Punk owes it to the locker room and to a number uh, and to the people who he works with, especially when you're in the position of the champion. I know it's a symbolic role, but it does really mean something. You're acting as one of the faces of the company and to speak so ill of your fellow locker room mates is unbecoming of a champion and is unbecoming of somebody of the stature of CM Punk. Agreed. If you go to someone's locker room um, and allegedly kick in a door, that's not going to end in t in uh, tea and conversation. Right. And it is unbecoming of the people who run, who are, you know, de facto in charge of a lot of this to go back and kick in somebody's door. Correct. Who throws a chair? Honestly, uh, wrestlers. Um, but I, I okay. Listen, I, I have. Have you? Is there? Is there anything else you want to say about this? 
I think the the last thing in terms of in things in terms of things that we agree on is it sucks to be forced to break up a fight. As a rule, if you're stuck in a situation where you have to break up a fight, don't. It's probably not worth it. But if you're in a situation where you have to, where you have to break up a fight and it gets you suspended, that sucks. That's that's I, with all due respect, that's poor management. I'm sorry, yes. but there is in no way did I hear anything about Brandon Cutler, Christopher Daniels, Pat Buck uh, getting involved in a physical way that was Matt Kazawa. Uh, uh, no, sorry, Nakazawa, uh, not Matt Kazawa. Yes. <laughs> Uh, being like, dude, in no way do I think these guys, it, from what I've heard so far, and don't get me wrong, we yeah. we don't have the all the detail. We weren't there. Kyle was camping, no. looking at the Northern Star, the Northern Lights, and I was watching this show, and uh, it was it was far too late to hear anything more about anything else by the time I was done this show. So by, by the time the next day rolled around, I was in awe. And I'll be honest with you, and, and the rest of the viewers, I thought it was a work. Because it sounded like a work. To me, the only thing that made me give me pause about this being a work was I wasn't sure how it benefited AEW for their locker room to be in chaos. But yeah, this it it's uh, there's two there's two reasons I thought it was a work. Number one, I'll touch on what you just said. Um, the rumor is that the cha- there is chaos in the locker room. That's yes. that's the stories for the last few weeks. So I see Tony Khan as the type of guy to go, well, if they're talking about it, let's give them something to talk about and turn it into a story. And don't get me wrong. This very well could still be turned into a story. It could. And, and, and there is money in this. Don't think for a second that if you put CM Punk and FTR against the Bucks and Omega, you're not going to sell some tickets. That's going to happen. Absolutely. Uh, do I think it's going to happen on TV? I, I, I don't know if, if that's ever going to happen. I don't know what the direction is going to be after this. There's still rumor that Punk may be fired for this. Yeah, there's, there's no guarantee that he will be keeping his job here. So let's go down the list of things that we may disagree. Sure. Um, I think the last thing we agree on, I think, like, Ace Steel, you might have been defending your buddy, you might have been, whatever the case happened to be. Your your wife may have been in the room, but you act, you bit a man. Yeah. And threw a chair at another man. Yeah. And and, 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 and not only, you threw a chair at an executive and bit an executive. Yeah, those people are your, are like, have higher fire. Yeah. That's, that's not going to end well for you. I'm sorry. If I throw a chair at my boss, I don't expect the key card to work the next day. Uh, just, just one of those things. Um, so this is where this gets tricky. I do, I do think that, um, I do think that the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega had the right to uh, to seek out CM Punk and ask him, "Hey, what the heck, man?" Um, it should not have been in his locker room, but I feel like there should, they, or rather, they should have, like, it would have been a knock on the door and, hey, we need to have a conversation. You, you know where to find us. Like, we gotta talk, because right. this ain't, this ain't right. And I think that, that was entirely within their rights. Kicking in the door was not gonna, gonna get them any, uh, any further ahead. Here's the thing, though, and, this is where I'm at with this comp as far as this company goes. 
and based on where things are going. And I think we have a disagreement on on uh, one Mr. Colt Cabana, and I think the biggest thing for me is this is a guy who has paid his dues in uh, a number of different companies. He has been an, a fixture of the indies for almost 20 years now. Like This is a guy who is, you know, regardless of whether or not, I don't know the type of person he is, I've never met him uh, in person before, but is very well respected in the industry. Especially among the guys who probably came through that same pipeline. Right. Uh, the guys who, you know, work the indies forever, who um, never got that the WWE opportunity. Obviously, he did work for WWE for a while. But for a lot of the guys who, you know, wanted that alternative route, Cole Cabana was one of the first people who really showed you could make a real living and never have to go to WWE. And I do think there is a lot of respect from the people who followed in that same path uh, towards him. And I do think because he is a, a gregarious and affable personality, because he's a locker room veteran, he's, you know, he's almost 40 himself, um, that there's going to be a level of respect that he's earned and there's going to be a level of, or there's going to be people at very least who are going to be, uh, respect the guy. And I think he, I think there's a level of respect he has earned as a person who has been in this business for that long, as a person who was in the locker room before. This is a situation where it's like hiring the, a person's ex. Yeah, yeah. And for you to hire to hire the person to not ask, that's gonna suck if you're Colt Cabana. But. What makes this even more tricky is now we're at the point where I think personally a condition of CM Punk coming back is he has to be able to work with Colt Cabana, not like directly in a in a ring together. I don't think we're ever going to see those two step in the ring at the same time ever. Oh again. my god, nor the money though, the money, sure, Kyle. But nor should nor should no. No, I agreed. We cannot expect these two people to be able to work together. We cannot expect these two people to be able to get along. But we need to expect these two people to be able to be backstage in the same locker room and for it not to turn into chaos. And that is probably going to warrant a conversation. And to me, if I'm Tony Khan, CM Punk's continued employment in this company is contingent on that conversation. Okay, so... I'm going to disagree slightly. So number one, I want to go out and say that I, I don't think that there's like, I, I do think that it, he did step out of line when talking about Cole Cabana. That stuff's personal. Him mentioning yeah. his mother and him sharing a bank account. Yeah, that, that's, that's ridiculous. Wildly that, improper. Yeah, and wild, wildly inappropriate. And, uh, and like you mentioned before, unbecoming of the AEW champion. I don't care what their problems are. I don't care how many lawsuits you went through. That's ridiculous. And I'm a fan. Like, as a fan yeah. of this man, disappointed. I said this on the show last night. Disappointed. Because I look up to this guy. And I wouldn't act like that. And and that that tells me all I need to know. Don't get me wrong. Like, I knew that there was a part of this guy that was kind of a bitter guy. And don't get me wrong. I understand that legal problems can 
can make it very difficult to speak properly about a person. I, I'm going through legal battles myself. And and, yeah. and 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 but but that to that being said, that person who I'm dealing with legally, I have, would have would never say anything bad about. And it's the thing is, it's not a matter of we don't need to be friends. No, but we you do need to get along professionally because there is going to be, in their case, they're going to be working in the same company presumably for a while. Well, I mean that's that being said, like it, Cole Cabana looks to have gone over to simply Ring of Honor, and I understand that Tony Khan owns both, but. I'm not sure how close knit these guys are going to be going forward. But here's here's the other point that I do want to make. I love Kenny Omega. I love the young. I have their book. Like this, this I have their shirts. You know, like these are guys that Kenny Omega is a hometown hero. Um, but it's widely known. These guys, and I'm not going to, I'm not making accusations in any way, shape or form before I say this, just to get that out of the way. But it's widely known that these guys talk to the sheets. These guys are friends with Dave Meltzer. These guys are friends with these guys. And that's fine. I don't think that Chris, Chris Jericho is friends with Dave Meltzer. Chris Jericho is widely regarded as the guy who broke all the stories to Dave Meltzer in the time that he was working in WWE for all those years. And that's fine. That's part of the fucking business we're not this isn't 1972 anymore yeah we know the business is like a work that's the thing is they're not narcs they're just talking to the press right well they depended upon surprise i'm not saying narc but like i think that's a that's a harsh word but um but that being said though they talk to these guys and i'm not accusing these guys of planting this story about cm punk but if cm punk really truly had nothing to do with Colt Cabana, which he claims and which Tony Khan claims had nothing to do with Colt Cabana moving over to Ring of Honor and not staying with AEW, which we have no solid evidence of regardless as to their history and regardless as to Punk's stature in the company, then I feel like he 100% has a right to defend himself against these things. And if he is under the impression that these guys did it, however... However, before before anything else, should does he have the right to defend himself in a press conference? Absolutely not. Like I said earlier, this guy is all about if you have a problem with me, come talk to me. If he had a problem with them, he should have gone to talk to them. And the thing and the ultimately that's where this thing comes down to. But the problem is he's got a problem with Colt Cabana and he needs to talk to Colt Cabana. <sighs> Like, I just don't think that's going to happen. I think that I, as much as I agree with you, I, is because we're two regular non-wrestlers who who don't have that ego and that like sure, but but that like that ego inhibits your ability to do work in this to work in the company, especially because surprise surprise, Colt Cabana has other people in the locker room who defend him, right. And 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 a hundred percent, I get I get it. Like he even he like I will say for anyone who watched this press conference, if you watched the AEW version of this press conference, a lot of context was missed. 
You, you you should go out and uh, what was her name? Denise. Denise Salcedo. Denise Salcedo. Her version of this press conference way 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 better because you got to hear responses uh, from the media. You got to hear it, you, everything was full circle. Whereas I feel like context was missing if you just watched the AW version. Not to say that this guy wasn't a fucking asshole. He was, and he he made reference to that the entire time, apologizing for for being grumpy or or whatever the case may be. He did not even let the first question get off before he started this rant. I will say this for, for CM Punk, and this is ultimately, I think, I think we might have to leave it at this, but this is like one of those things that I understand, you know, the, the concern about about um, um, people, like the, the possibility that there's like there's stories about him behind his back and different things. And I do think he needs to, if he suspects that, he needs to talk to uh, those people about it. Here's the thing that, and this is, we're getting back to unbecoming of the champion. And this is a thing I have been harping on CM Punk forever. If he's going into promos, going into business for himself, uh, railing on Hangman Page, um, in a promo, if that was like him deciding to do that himself because Hangman is friends with Colt Cabana. But it was, that was in response to Hangman doing that himself. And which he did say he he was embarrassed that he did that because he stooped down to his level. He did make reference to the fact, and, and it is if you go back and you watch, Hangman did definitely do this on two separate occasions. However, the difference is, is that was a build to a match against CM Punk. Yeah, That's the, that difference. Was the difference. And, and the, That's entirely the difference. And and the other it, one being the week, a, the two weeks after he lost the title, making the comment that he didn't think he was going to get a title shot anytime soon, and he was not included in that battle battle royale for the the uh, opportunity at the title yeah so and i thought i think that kind of ended it at that point right. is that that was that end of the story and hangman was moved into a story with kenny and, and the bucks and i think the thing about this is that i and again i'm going to praise chris jericho and chris jericho is a person yes. who i you know he is um, I have had, you know, like I have personal uh, issues with Chris Jericho, you know, about, you know, some of the things that he said in the past and politi- political stances, a number of things, right? Well, one thing I've always praised Chris Jericho for is he puts the people in the locker room over. Mm-hmm. He does, whether he's on commentary, whether he's a champion, whatever it happens to be, he makes his opponents feel like a big deal. Right. And he makes the people who work in the company, even the ones he disagrees with, heel face-wise, feel like they're important. And the the thing about, you know, where I get worried about CM Punk a little bit, because this is starting to become a, a, a recurring thing, is that his whole shtick is running down everybody that isn't him and rah-rahing as, like, you know, the counterculture champion. Here's the reality of 2022. CM Punk isn't the counterculture. No. CM Punk... He's the Hulk Hogan. He's the John Cena. He is entirely the John Cena. He is the person who all of these fans are turning to for, you know... He is the person who they're all looking up to. He is like their chosen champion. 
And the company is treating him with that level of respect. And because of CM Punk's unique drawing power, I think there is a, there, to a degree, he's owed that level of respect. But that level of respect is contingent on him paying that same respect back to the locker room. And if he's unwilling to do that, that's going to be a problem for the company. And here's the, the reality for all the people who've been saying a lot, and there's been a lot of things said on the internet wrestling community uh, about this. And I, you know, I feel like I'm just shouting into the void at a certain point, but I think you and I both agree, regardless of what would happen to the company, regardless of who would say they'd never watch again or the ticket drawing power or whatever it is, AEW existed before CM Punk and it would exist after CM Punk. Correct. And ultimately, I think AEW is richer for having CM Punk, but not if he's going to break the rest of the locker room. That's got to be the thing is AEW is richer for having a CM Punk who is going to work with the rest of AEW. Doesn't mean he needs to get in a ma- do matches against Colt Cabana, but it does mean that they have to be able to exist in the same locker room without this kind of stuff happening. Oh, I agree. I, um, I just don't. My only thing is I'm not sure that Colt Cabana is the guy to sit down with just because I feel like he's not in the locker room right now and he's not going to be in the locker room going forward. I feel like the guys he needs to sit down with are Omega and the Bucks and simply say, look, I feel like you guys either planted this story or put the story out there. And if you know that he can't prove it, there's nothing he can really do about it. He could be angry about it all he wants, but there's nothing ultimately he can do about it. Um, and, 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 regar- the- and regardless, that's not that's not a reason to call them children, and that's not a reason to say they can't run a target when they're run- they're like in charge of the company that you are currently working in. Yeah, but the question is, is how and and that's the other thing is it's coming to question in the last few days is how much actually are they in charge of? Apparently, when asked uh, when AEW is asked, Kenny Omega is uh, in charge of the video game. Nick Jackson is a part of is in charge of BTE and Matt Jackson and his wife are a part of the merch department. And that's really what we're getting from AEW in regards to. And that's coming from Brandon Thurston at WrestleNomics like that. He's pretty he's pretty on the ball with his, his stats and all of his his inquiries. Um, I do think they have some say with regards to create. Sure. I'm, I don't I, think they're I don't think they're the be all end all. I think. That a lot of that has been turned over to uh, more of the production team and uh, some of the people who've been doing the training, like um, QT Marshall. Sure, and and but w- again, ultimately, what I want to like, I guess, end this this whole bit with is just simply, I feel like everybody has a right to defend themselves. I do not feel like they should do that unprofessionally. I think that's ridiculous. Um, I do think that it is, like to all those people who are saying, oh, it's unfair that the Bucks and Omega got punished. I'm sorry. They're EVPs of the company. And they obviously got physical in this altercation as well. And they are held, they should be held to the same standard that we hold Punk to. If not higher. Because they're they're EVPs of the company. Now, but here's here's what I will say about it. If they kicked in a door... That's where, obviously, this is going to turn into a fight. If they asked CM Punk to come out and answer for what he said, and he blew them off, that's a problem. 
And again, it's one of those situations that we're just not going to know the answers to. And I think... I mean, yeah. Do, whatever's going to happen with Colt Cabana and CM Punk, whatever lies ahead for those two... Um, 100%. If he can't, if he can, if CM Punk can't work with Kenny Omega and Nick Jackson and Matt Jackson, if he feels he can't work in the same, you know, company as them, there's the door, bud. Yeah. I, I, and I, and I, listen, that, that fucking, my guts hurt saying this, but I agree with you. You have, they have to be able to, and honestly, it's pro wrestling. Like I said earlier, there's fucking money on the table now. You can turn this into a story, make it work, cut all the heated promos you need to cut, say what you got to say, but clear it with each other first. Don't just yeah, go out one, there. Don't just. And, and, and you know what? I, I got to say, I love Hangman Page, too, but that goes for him, too. That goes for him, too, that he, he 100% should not be walking around going out and cutting promos that he hasn't talked. It's the same thing with Sammy Guevara and Eddie Kingston and their incident a few weeks ago. Yeah, like. You, yeah, you need is, to communicate with your partner, whether you like them or fucking not. Communicate. Yeah. When, when, and Lord knows. And here's, here's what's wild about it. The most crazy stuff that's been said in promos in the last few weeks have been between Jungle Boy and Christian Cage. I haven't heard a peep out of either. Because guess what you do when you're in a program with somebody? Communicate. You talk it out. Yep. Like, this is it's the same thing as everything else. Relationships of all kinds require communication. Otherwise, things start to fall apart and get lost in translation. Like, hurt feelings are going to happen and egos are going to get in the way of things. And that's just the reality it's, of people working with people. It's pro wrestling. These egos yes. exist for a reason. They need to. If these guys had zero ego, this would not be entertaining. And... And that's and that's and that is part big part of it. But the big thing about this is, especially now that we've got a locker room where a lot of people probably haven't worked with some of these other people before, or if they have very sparingly, you've got some WWE lifers working with people who've only been on the indies and on very a variety of different ones. The big, the most important thing is, if you're in a program with somebody. And you're gonna go down the the road or cutting promos on other people. You gotta talk this stuff out first. You gotta know first. Otherwise, you're gonna get yourself into trouble. And I think I am hoping that the lesson that was learned out of all of this for everybody involved, but especially CM Punk, is that nobody's bigger than this. Nobody's bigger than the rest of the people back there. Mm-hmm. And you. You still have to be able to work with everybody else the next day, because if you don't have anybody to work with, there is no wrestling company. That's correct. And gone are the days of Hulk Hogan, where he can just hire all his friends to work with over and over. That's not going to work. You're going to have to work with some people that you might not get along with, but that's fine. You just you like you deal with it. That's how. That's you know. That's just the realities of adulting. I, like I like I said, I, I'll defend the idea that if he feels like he was done wrong in one way, shape, or form by people who worked in this company, he has a right to defend himself. If I, he has a right to talk, he should go talk it. Yes, but but that's what I'm saying. Is I was going to say, if Kyle, if you were accused by a coworker of 
of of something and that coworker was either demoted or lost their job because of it would you and and because and because they they've accused you and they've to spread all this stuff about you doing it would you throw a chair at their head no 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 would you That's bite you get them fired. Well, no like and this is a guy who who talks about how professional he is and it's bothersome to hear that this is the behavior that he exhibits after you know these these situations happen but again it, that that goes for omega and the bucks too it's uh, it's and disappointing think- to for me it's disappointing that all of these guys at the ages that they're at at the place that they're at in their careers would act like this instead the of the reality of all of this is this is something that could have been dealt with on Monday. Yeah, 100%. 100%. And we might not be where we're at this Wednesday because we still have a whole show yes. to talk about. We're 40 minutes into the show. We have a whole show to talk about that doesn't exist in their realms at all because you'd never know that that Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks won the trios title. You'd never know that CM Punk won the title back from John Moxley if you watched this episode of Dynamite. Yeah, they might as well not have. Exactly. Uh, and... Yeah, it, was there was there any other news? <laughs> no, I think that's going to be the news for today. I think we'll get to the rundown first, and then we'll get into uh, our top fives, which remarkably similar this week. Yes, I think that this ha- this half of the show is going to be, as you said, remarkably quicker. We're about to get into the Wednesday night. R- what, what what is it? What are we calling it rundown. again? Rundown. Uh, day, the, Wednesday the rundown. night rundown. Uh, this is the dynamite rundown. We. Hit us up on on Twitter for a name for this segment. Yes, um, we're gonna we're gonna get through this. All right, Tony Khan in a video announcement because Tony Khan decided he did not want to get booed today. Announced that he still got booed. Yeah, but he didn't want to get booed in person. He's too rich to get booed in person. Oh my! So um, before, but you know what? I'm sorry. I don't mean to interrupt you, Kyle, and I don't want to drag this out. But Tony Khan at that press conference, I, we didn't talk on this. A little bitch. A little rich bitch. Crying about WWE counter-programming Just him. Just shut up, man. Just yeah, like... Yeah. Firstly, the show was on Saturday. It was also, not on Sunday. Yeah, and if you also, think and if you think that Worlds Collide is a fucking... Is a problem for you, then you're very, very petty. And I'm not going to take this like, shit anymore. I'm like Jim Crockett with more money. You sound like a fool. There's only so many weekends. And if you don't like it, change. you can change yours. Wait till they book theirs and then book yours after. Like, a, or WWE doesn't owe you a weekend. Exactly. And you don't own Labor Day weekend either. Like, no. I, it's been a thing for AEW. Yeah. Keep it a thing for AEW. If you feel so strongly that this is your weekend, and I'll be honest, Kyle, this was the, sh- this was the best show of the weekend. Yeah. I watched all three. And it went, and as much as I really enjoyed Clash, this was the better show. Yes. But here's, and here's the reality of it is like, yeah, they ran a show in Wales and you were in Chicago. Like, that's ultimately the thing is, it, if, if WWE had run a show in Chicago that night, that's bullshit. That's or bullshit. The night after, then then yeah, I get what you're saying. They're in a show in Wales, man. Yeah, you're not even on the same fucking continent. Although, I, can I just say, and I, I don't want to, I don't want to lead this on too much longer. But uh, I did mention this on the the Clash of the Castle show, and I wanted to get your laughter to this. How silly do you think it is that we had a Clash at the Castle from Wales and they left all the UK wrestlers in Orlando? 
Look, look. No, no, that's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> Tyler Bate wrestled look, Braun Strowman in Orlando. Uh, Braun, Braun Breaker. Breaker. Braun Breaker, sorry. Look, they had a German fighting an Irishman and a Scottish guy in the, in the, the match. That's or in the championship match. And that's the best WWE is going to do. And I don't know. It, it Like, Nikki, Nikki Cross could have a match. Yeah. I don't know. No. Nothing. Uh, they they had Imperium come back. That was the big thing, I guess. Yeah, they're the, those guys are from the part of... I, I don't know if you know this, if you've been keeping up with politics, but Wales ain't so much part of Europe no more. Oh, okay. All right. Well, I'm I'm not uh, high on my uh, British politics, the, but... Uh, the, the, uh, the Brexit, as it were. Okay. All right. I, I've heard the word Brexit before. I, I just yes. most like most British people or most English people have no idea what's going on. Uh, bas- basically, Britain is is left the EU, so they're not they're not part of it. It's a complicated economic arrangement, and it's not that important. Uh, let's get to some wrestling because we got we got to run this down. Tony Khan. We'll talk. We'll get back to this. Uh, basically, his announcement was he vacated the world championship, vacated the trio's title. Trio's title would be decided today. They're doing a tournament for the world championship, which was... Uh, the tournament bracket looks like this. Danielson and Paige fought tonight. Winner gets to go on to face Jericho. Um, then on Friday, Guevara is going to take on Derby Allen. Winner faces Moxley. Winners of those face each other at the uh, Grand Slam in New York. Which, that's going to be a heck of a show. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. I'm so happy that we, we, we also get the tag match that we do, and we'll talk about that later on the show, but I'm so happy we get that tag match just so you can see it. MJF and Moxley. MJF first came out and cut a promo. Uh, he cut a fire babyface promo. And Moxley just showed up and said, you're not a baby face. And MJF's, huh, you're right. And he <laughs> he, he turned back heel again. Um, MJF is just waiting for whoever the champion's going to be because he wants that title. Death Triangle beat the best friends in a trios title match. So the Death Triangle are now the trios champions. Yeah. We will get to that later. Tony Storm beat Penelope Ford because... Only men were suspended, but these are the only two women that were on the show tonight. Mm-hmm, Aside mm-hmm. from a video package involving Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter. Whoop, whoop. Um, That's AW. We will talk about this later. Uh, the Acclaimed came out to try to do a rapid swerve. Just shut that right down. Uh, he swerved in, man. He swerved and we in. got a promo. JAS cut a promo backstage. Standard JAS fair. Wardlow beat Tony Nese to defend, quote unquote, his TNT title in about 20 seconds. Darby Allen and Sammy Guevara had a video package teasing their match on Rampage. Brian Danielson beat Hangman Adam Page, so Brian Danielson will face Chris Jericho in the next round. Stokely Hathaway came out with his gang and beat up. Uh, a guy on stage. A stage hand. Yes. This, this poor stage hand. I uh, got kicked in the face by W. Morrissey because Stokely's got a Stokely's got a crew, and I think they might be available for hire. So, message to the AW locker room. 
And in the main event, Daniel Garcia, a hometown boy from Buffalo, defeated Wheeler Yuta to win the ROH Pure title. Post-match, he shakes hands with Brian Danielson. It's good. It's good Jericho's that they're. <laughs> it's good that they're available for hire because I hear that the champ needs, uh, or the former champ needs some backup. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, I don't know if they're if they're doing uh, if they you have to pay time and a half for after hours work, but it might be worth it. Yeah, if that's a that's a good group of guys to have. You just even W Morrissey, like yeah. that that he would have made all the difference in that brawl. Oh, one hundred percent. Um, I don't know if we want to get into a place where W. Morris is going to business for himself. You can't um, teach that, man. You oh, can't teach you that. You can't teach that. Let's go to the honorable mentions. We had two of uh, the same. Um, Stokely Hathaway, his squad, uh, cutting a promo, beating up the stagehand. Man, every time he has the mic, Stokely is, is amazing. Yep. And this was no no exception. I'm excited to see more of this group. Lee Moriarty, low key, uh, fantastic part of this. Yes, I I did. I completely forgot he took one of the cards until the pay per view, and he revealed himself. So do, you don't know how the ladder match went, right? Uh, no. I, I so I know who won. Obviously, I know he. Um, I'm pretty sure MJF came out in a mask, do you know it? So the the situation was, this match was a great 10-minute ladder match, and then all of a sudden, these masked men hit the ring and beat up everybody. And then one guy climbed the ladder, took the, the chip down, and it was Stokely. He came down, and then MJF walked out to Sympathy for the Devil by the Rolling Stones, which probably cost Tony Khan the million-dollar gate that he made this weekend. Yeah. And and uh, it w- don't get me wrong, though. Don't get me wrong. Like, I'm a big Stones fan. So when that music kicked in, I was like, oh, fuck. We went the Rolling Stones for this? This is great. And uh, then, yes, of course, the Devil came down and, and took the chip, and it was announced that he had won the match. Very strange ladder match. Not the best one they've ever had that's certainly uh true but um that being said that's how it all went down uh so he's linked to them somehow we just don't know how yet yeah or or if it's a permanent thing right also i have uh the acclaimed and swerve promo i thought swerve cutting them off before they could do their rap was brilliant yes that's some fantastic heel work um, Keith Lee was treated, tweeting out about uh, basically uh, saying, well, I guess we're doing this now. Um, and uh, I will also say, is this the most over Billy Gunn has been in his career? It's it's possible, although I, I really feel like we need to go back and listen to some of those uh, New Age Outlaws pops. Uh, I feel like there's pro- it's probably the most he's been over in 20 years. And, uh, if not 25. And yeah, the acclaimed are going to be uh, at the um, at Grand Slam. They have the rematch acclaimed versus uh, Swerve and Our Glory. Man, I, the acclaimed are so over. I do want to talk about this a little bit. Number one, if you haven't seen the pay-per-view match, the match in Arthur Ashe is going to be just as hot. So like both matches are like that's the contender for tag team match of the year for sure. I uh, like no I I'm I'm adding I'm adding uh, categories to our best of and worst of this year and just for that match maybe. But that being said though um the press conference, we talked about the punk stuff, but we didn't talk about anything else. Uh, the only other thing that I found notable besides Tony Khan's rant about how he's Jim Crockett, 
uh, with more money. Uh, it was the Swerve in Our Glory doing their bit where Keith Lee, for I want to say the first three quarters of this press conference appearance was trying to play the guy who was like, I respect the acclaimed or whatever. Swerve was not having any of it. After this match was over on on Sunday, he tried to go for the scissor. Uh, Billy Gunn gave him the scissor. The, the other two gave him the scissor. And Swerve wasn't too happy about it. Uh, but that being said, though, Keith Lee exuded so much heel persona and so much heel chemistry with Swerve in this press conference after that, talking about how he loved getting booed by the crowd. And then when somebody talked to him uh, or said on so- uh, somebody had asked the comment that or, or made the comment that uh, a lot of people on social media had said that they should have called an audible for this match and given the acclaim the titles. And both, obviously, Swerve and, and Keith were kind of offended by this. And Keith had this one line where he said, well, <laughs> social media is kind of below me. I'm kind of above social media to begin with. And I thought, I was like, oh my God, take my money. Keith Keith Lee being a heel? This is fantastic. This is fantastic. I, I really wish they would have kept. Keith, firstly, Keith Lee was not in this promo at all, yes. which I was disappointed by because it very much so looks like they're going to break up this tag team quickly. And I feel like leave them together. They're fine. Like, I'm not saying that, like, I don't want to see Keith Lee or Swerve do a solo run. I do. Don't get me wrong. But it like it's working. This Just make them heels. Working. Make them heels. Yep. Because it, it, it works that way, too. Like people obviously will poo will boo Keith Lee if needs be. Yep. And they have no problem booing Swerve because Swerve plays a fine heel, but Keith Lee hasn't been a heel a lot. No. And so it, it was, his it was I think there was a place to be a heel too. Absolutely and he they changed their movesets, let me tell you. During this match when they had to be heels. They changed them up big time. So anyway, I just want to say, yeah, like that, 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 that promo was great. But also, like, I feel like don't split these guys up. Like, no. don't do it, man. No. Like, they're doing really good work. You had a third honorable mention. I actually have a fourth now. Um, I I want to mention a Wardlow's match. I thought that, uh, number one, Wardlow looked great. I thought his promo afterwards had a lot of fire to it. And I thought, I thought that Tony Nese sold those power bombs like a motherfucker. Like, I will holy say God. This. I'm a little tired of Wardlow squashes. Yes, and he is too. He He's talked about that in interviews all last week, talking about how he would like to have longer matches because he feels like he can deliver. And he has delivered in the past. I mean, his match is cage match with Cody. It was like yeah. a 15 minute match. It was great. And it wasn't just great because of Cody either. Yeah, 100%. Um, and uh, my my final thing is I, I do appreciate that on this episode of Dynamite, we didn't hear a damn thing about this backstage brawl. The MJF opened the show. And uh, he, he could have just... He, he, he alluded to it. but he didn't Did he? Actually, he did did he? He alluded to the fact that he... Uh, that, uh, after the events of this weekend, they need... Uh, I what he, what he said. A leader. A leader. Yes. And he, he said that Walker he could be that leader. leader. Yes. Um... But regardless, regardless, we didn't get any mention of it. I, I don't think until we figure out what we're doing here, we should have any mention of it. Because if, yeah. if this ends up being story, then fine, bring it up then. It doesn't. It's not necessary now. Everyone's suspended. Punk's taking time off for it. Uh, he's injured. Yes, it appears, to, it appears to have a tricep injury, so he'll be gone Which, for some time anyway. Yeah, it might be a while. And 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 again, man, every time that guy gets the belt, eh? 
<laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I, I, I do wonder how much that factored into his frustration, but again, it's still not, not an excuse. If you're hurt, you know, that's what the medical team is for, not the, not the EVPs. Anyway, uh, we'll move on. My Both our number fives are covered later, so we're going to skip over them. Uh, they both happen to be our number threes for each other, so we'll get into that later. Number four for both of us, MJF and Moxley's, uh, MJF's promo and Moxley's counter promo. Uh, MJF said he was bigger than Moses, man. Yes, yes, the, the name of this episode is going to be Bigger Than Moses. Uh, um, yeah, and he did the, he did the, I'm better than you, and everybody cheered, so then you know it. He came out in the Josh Allen jersey, like, uh, yeah, this is, this is weird. Yes, and, then and Moxley I, comes out, I and, just, he, and, and, and like you said. Of, I love the idea of Moxley being like, ah, I don't think you're, I don't think you're a baby face. And uh, MJF being like, yeah, I guess the jig's up. <laughs> I agree. I agree. I, I thought it was a great way to open the show. And you know what? Like, again, like I mentioned in my honorable mentions, like you like while we did have the veiled reference to it, we didn't have any of the stuff. And you, you went on as if that never happened. I mean, like, don't get me wrong. It was weird. But like you went on as if that had never happened. And we had a great promo out of it. Moxley cut a great promo once MJF did eventually leave the ring. And, it, it you know, I'm excited for this tournament. I'm excited for Arthur Ashe in two weeks. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, not much more to say. I thought this was just great. It sets up everything that we wanted to set up. And it leaves MJF in um, as the thing waiting for whoever wins this tournament. Who knows what that's going to be, but it's exciting. Number three. Uh, I'll do my number three first. So I want to get this out of the way. Right. AEW has a women's problem. And that problem is they don't, don't freaking book them. You suspended ten male wrestlers. Like, you know, a bunch of male wrestlers. You had multiple women's matches that you wanted, you should have followed up on. We didn't hear a word from... We didn't hear a word from Tony Storm, who was the champion. We didn't hear a word from Jade Cargill. Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter were reduced to a video sort of showing what happened. Anna Jay and um, Ty Conti were both backstage with Jericho and Guevara. Neither said a damn thing. And we had one women's match. And there is no excuse for a night like tonight for there to be one women's match. Minimum. You have ramp between Rampage and Dynamite. You should have three a week. Minimum. Three women's matches a week. On television. And that should mean for most weeks. Two women's matches on Dynamite. And if you can't come up with two women's matches on Dynamite. What is it you're doing? You've had two years to build up the women's division, and guess what? You did it! Jake Cargill is a superstar. Um, 
Britt Baker is still a star. Thunder Rosa is an absolute star. Tony Storm uh, has been featured in a lot of great matches. Chris Statlander's out, unfortunately, but she has been uh, great in carrying this division. Serena Deeb and Hikaru Shida had one of the best feuds going for a feud that you barely featured. Where, like Serena Deeb is wrestling on Rampage, which is good to see her back on TV. Where, where have these people been? Rio is here. Hikaru Shida's been here the whole entire time. Nyla Rose has been here the whole entire time. She was a champion. Twice. Where are these people on your television screen? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's I no, 100% agree. And to then not even give a promo to any of them, there's no excuse for that this week. And it is a travesty that we continue to see this women's division being dragged in the mud. You promised you were going to do better. And you can tell me, oh, the ratings, we don't like... Then you're telling me Jade Cargill doesn't draw? There's 0% chance I believe that Jade Cargill doesn't draw. I'll believe that for a second. You're telling me Britt Baker doesn't draw? You told us Britt Baker draws. And it's, it's just one of those things that... And then you, like, you hired Athena. You hired Ruby Soho. You've got a wrestling on YouTube she she uh she may be injured. Uh she took uh, quite the the face bump at the pay-per-view that, pre-show so That's true. Which oh man, there's no excuse for that. Yeah, uh Ty Conti's really got to be careful because oh, no, that's No, no, that was Sammy. Was it Sammy? Well, Sammy dropping her off his shoulder, his shoulders. Oh, ooh, okay. Cuz the well, kick then... didn't actually knock her off. It was Sammy throwing her off, which I know accidents happen, but like, yo, that's that's wild. That's that's, that's rough. Wild. And it ah. Ruby Soho got this ma- massive pop when she came here. You're telling me she doesn't draw? Like, if and part of the thing is, if you never feature them, they're never gonna draw. You've told us, you've told the audience that they're not important. And then you put on this match. Which was okay, but boy, Penelope Ford, she got beat real quick, and she's pretty high up your card there. And it's just it's it's wild to me that they have they have the best women's division they've ever had in this company, and they are featuring it less than they did when they started. And it's it's criminal. This is continuing to happen. I agreed. That's my rant. That's that's how I feel, buddy. And like, yeah, I, I don't to... know what I can add to that. I yeah. really don't. That was my number five. Was there's nothing for the women. We had a women, the women's champion wrestling a wrestler on the show, and I didn't give a fuck. Yeah. And I don't mean that. I don't mean I don't give a fuck about either of these women. I love both these women are great. Yes, both these women are awesome. They I didn't give both, a fuck. They both had fantastic matches before, and it and it's the same problem I had on the pay per view. You, you don't get me wrong. I understand that Thunder Rose's injury kind of put a wrench into plans, but you put these four women together and like I'm like Kyle hasn't seen the match, so he can't comment. But like me and Jack talked about it last night, like just was it felt like it, it was anticlimactic. It just felt like it was kind of thrown together. And these women felt like they really weren't working well together. And it just and it felt gave- kind of clumsy. And you gave Jade Cargill less than five minutes. Four minutes, 20 seconds, there's according no to Wikipedia. Ex- there's no excuse. 
Zero. Yeah, that's ridiculous. And against Athena. Yes. And, and don't get me. And Athena had a, like I want to say Athena had like two fifty of that action. She was in control. And then Jade Cargill came back. She Hulk. She Hulk came through and hit the Jaded. And, and Athena didn't kick out. Man, she didn't kick out of the Jaded. Yeah. And it's just like you're. You've built. You've done all the pieces for the for Jade Cargill's story. Uh, you've given her the Goldberg run. And you know what? You, and you, you know what? I don't the rest of the roster. You're like, oh right, we gotta book somebody to beat her. Uh let's just have the bunny do it. This is what it feels like for AEW. It's just like you're telling me that the women's division doesn't matter, and I know better. I'm one of the fans that knows better than that, but I can't. I shouldn't have to know better than the company that runs this division. I agree. I at this point, honestly, I put I put both belts on Jade double champion it makes the most sense she's the most over woman you've got on your roster Britt baker has taken quite quite a, a dip since becoming chair since being champion rather and so that's, what do you that's have to lose too. yes 100 it's wrong but what do you have to lose by putting both belts on jade we'll see what happens hopefully the tony storm run isn't i feel like it's just gonna have its legs cut out from under it before it ever has a chance to get going well, she is the interim champion, yes. so... But, who knows? We don't even know what Thunder Rose is out with. No, we really don't. That's the thing. It's like, and, 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 uh, and honestly, we didn't know for the longest time. We Nothing was ever confirmed about CM Punk until he came back and cut that promo. Yeah. Who, uh, we're assuming this is a short-term thing, but... Oh, boy. That's my number three is... Wild disrespect. Uh, my number three was your number five. Yep. The Ring of Honor pure title match between Daniel Garcia and Wheeler Yuta, which was fire. Fire match. Great match. Well, good and, way to close and, the show. Yes, absolutely. It was the main event. Uh, Daniel Garcia went over, like Kyle mentioned, and won the Ring of Honor pure championship in his hometown. A, a beautiful Tapped moment. Yuta out. Yes. Yes. And awesome. Awesome that he did it that way. Um... The pure rules can take some adjusting to get used to, but I I think if you don't over, you know, over talk about the, like how, how if, if you don't over express, um, you know these rules throughout the throughout the match and you don't talk about it too much, I think it's fine. Like we, we once we had uh, one of the Dragon Slayer. What, what is it? What, what is it? The Dragon Slayer is the finisher. The, the sharpshooter. Yes, there? His, his leaning sharpshooter. Sure. So once he has that locked in, they talk about how Wheeler Yuta still got three rope breaks. That's fine. We don't need to hear it the whole match. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like we don't need it banged over our head that 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 we um, that, that that we have these specific rules for this specific type of match. I think these guys were able to carry an entertaining match technically. This technical is not hard is not easy to 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 make the crowd go wild for, but this match was fire and the crowd was and I understand Garcia's hometown guy, but even still fire. Yeah. Uh this yeah, this is great. There's not much more to say about it. These two work very well together and we're building to something with Garcia too. So we'll see where it goes. Also Yuda uh, shoved Brian Danielson after the match, which was interesting. Yes. So we'll we'll see what this builds to. I I still think they're going with the switch. 
I think we're getting. I, I think we're getting Wheeler Yuta in the JAS, and we think we're getting Garcia in the BCC. Um, and I and, and honestly, sure. Sure. I want to see Wheeler you're Yuta saying, like throw on like a, a, a Charlie Sheen esque bowling shirt. You're saying uh, Wheeler Yuta is a sports entertainer. I think he's got some sports entertainer in him. All right. Um, let's move on to your uh, to uh, the number two. We both had the same thing. It was the trios match. Yes. Fantastic. We we so we both went into we watched Dynamite together. For anyone who isn't uh isn't aware, me and Kyle Skype while we're watching Dynamite and we don't talk the whole time, but we will we'll talk we usually we'll we'll converse throughout some of it, but both of us were just in awe of this match. Yeah. They, they man, they ended it in, in destroyers. Yes. They all hit simultaneous the, I, destroyers. Like, yes, the three-way destroyer was ridiculous. This was this was a great show for everybody involved. Uh, I thought I thought the best friends wrestled a great match. I thought Orange Cassidy was a lot of fun. I do hope eventually they get something for a title. These guys have been working too hard and too long to not get any gold in this company. Yeah, I was pulling for the, uh, the the death triangle, and uh, and Kyle was pulling for the best friends in this match, and uh, it went my way. We should have bet money on this. I mean, it's I'm not going to be upset about the death triangle being the t- the trios champions. I think there's a lot of great ways you can go through this, and there's a lot of interesting teams that are that you can put in this. I will just say, like to me, the best friends feel like. The team they have asked to deliver great matches, but, and have done so, like, you know, the street fight's still one of the best matches in, in AEW television, certainly history. Right. Um, and everything with, with, uh, with Trent's mom, uh, with the van was all fantastic. Orange Cassidy has probably, again, if you go through the top 10 of everybody in, in AEW, uh, about their best matches. Orange Cassidy probably is cl- near the top for overall quality of his best of. Because it's just... He doesn't have bad matches. He has great matches every time he goes out. And... I, like, I can't remember the last time I was... I, oh, like I said... I'll say the last time I would say an Orange Cassidy match was maybe a little beneath was the the match with Jericho, the Orange Pool thing. But that was like over a year ago. And that match was fun. Yeah, it was I so had a friend fun. over who didn't even like AEW. He's yeah. like, I hate this company. And he enjoyed that match. Yeah. He was like, that was all right. Somebody saying, went to Orange Juice. Uh, OC versus Pac versus uh, Omega is a particular personal standout. Uh, obviously, Orange Cassidy versus Pac. Um, he's had an, uh, Orange Cassidy had a match with with Will Osprey that was fantastic. He had a match with um, Jay Lethal that was fantastic. Like he delivers in in a big way, and uh, it's it's or- Orange Cassidy is is a potential match of the year candidate this year. Yes, he is with uh, with Will Osprey. Yes. Um, so that's what I'm saying. It's like, there comes a point where like, yeah, is he, is he a bit of a joke character? Yeah, but he's had good enough matches that he totally deserves something. 
Right. So, hopefully it comes soon. But I'm very happy to see Death Triangle in this position. I think they're only going to have great matches with whoever they're going to go out and wrestle with. So, let's see who it is. Um, take your pick. If it's not going to be uh, the Bucks and Kenny, um, I, I mean, Andrade's doing some recruiting. Yes, he's, he's trying to get a third. He's definitely trying to get a third. So, that, that could be something. Uh, we both have the same number one. I don't think it's going to surprise anybody when you, you found out this match is going to be on the card. I think we just assumed it was going to be here. Hmm. Uh, Hangman Page versus Brian Danielson 3. Was just as good as number one and two. It was, very, it was just... It was shorter. Um, yes. But these guys have a chemistry. They do. And it, <laughs> it's, it's so strange to me because... These guys did not cross paths at all on the indies. So it's not like they have any history. But it's almost like they met last December, last November, whenever it was the first time. And it just, they found out that they just so happened to wrestle fantastic matches against each other. And they proceeded to have another fantastic, like, didn't they go an hour the first time? Uh, an hour draw. Yes, an hour draw. Then they had a, a like a 30-minute uh, barn burner with both men bleeding all over the place. Mm-hmm. Hangman eventually winning. Um, this was Danielson's win. Yes. And I thought it was fine. There was no, like, not to say that I didn't want to see Hangman involved, but uh, you know what? I feel like maybe Hangman might have to wait a little bit to see where, where this all comes, where, where all this drama uh, goes to. Because whether he was involved in the brawl or not, he's still a, a, a prime target in, in, in some of this. We'll see what um, happens, but like I think suffice to say for, for Hangman, um, I'm interested in him resolving things with, uh, with the Dark Order, too. So we'll see what happens with that. Um, but yeah, no, this match was magic. It was magic. Mm-hmm. It was great. And, and it... it it goes to show that there's there's certain guys that when they lock horns, there's never a bad opportunity. It's like they, they, from, it reminded me very much so of Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Yeah. The only time I've ever been disappointed by those two, ironically enough, WrestleMania. Why I was disappointed? Because it was under 10 minutes long. Yeah. That was and involved lo- too much Logan Paul. Um, yes. What do you give this show? It's so hard because there were three three stellar matches. Yeah, three stellar matches. Like I mean, like not even like normally good dynamite matches. I'm talking like above dy- good dynamite matches. I'll give it a four. I'll give it a four based on that. But otherwise, I feel like the show was kind of light. Not in a bad way though. No. Not in a way that like I was like, oh, they they kind of half assed this dynamite. It was. I think there was a lot of heat. And a lot of drama over the weekend, and they just needed kind of a, a show to get them through. And they did that. So four out of five for me. I'm going to give the show a three and a half. Oh my god, you sound like me. Would have earned a, th- a four and a half. I'm giving, I'm docking them a point for one women's match. Fair enough. It's, Fair enough. It's like, if any time was the time to have a second one, it was tonight. And if you can't fit a second women's match in two hours of television, or at least advance a story, you only can't even advance a story. 
or have Jade Cargill come out and celebrate her championship? Like, I can always use... I know Stokely was on TV already, but I can always use more Stokely. Agreed. Um, yeah. This, uh, it, it, it's a shame, but... Anyway, that's, uh, I think we're, we're gonna leave this. Ralph, why don't you tell the people about where you, you can find us on the social medias? My goodness. Well, um... I was, before I was going to do that, going to do some Rampage spoilers. Oh, interesting. Okay. So, AEW Grand Slam Tournament of Champions Wild Card Match. Jam... Er, Jammy. <laughs> Jammy Guevara. No, Sammy Guevara defeated Darby Allen. So, that so means he's moving it's on. It's going to be Guevara and Moxley. Yes. That's interesting. Yes. I'm, I, I am interested in that. Um... Ring of Honor television champion Samoa Joe, who returned at the pay-per-view, comes down, talks about how he's open for business. Tony Nese and Mark Sterling come out. Josh Woods then comes out. Josh Wood wants the title shot, and he said he could have it tonight. But apparently we're going to get Josh Woods versus Samoa Joe for the Ring of Honor uh, television title next week in Albany. Interesting. So there's that. Serena Deeb went over Madison Rain. Shocking. Uh, Jade Cargill came out and talked about how uh, if anyone needs or that everyone needs to step up because she's not slowing down anytime soon. Powerhouse Hobbs said that he puts Ricky Stark six feet deep and will now show everyone how much of a beast he is. And the Ring of Honor World Championship match between Claudio Castagnoli and Dax Hardwood obviously went to Claudio. Yeah, that's a shame, but... It's not surprising. Oh, you would have liked to see Dax Hardwood win the uh, the Ring of Honor World Title? Like, I don't need him to win non-tag team titles, but, you know, it would have been cool. I, 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 I'm not going to lie to you. I, I agree with that. Uh, that being said, though, if you want to find us on social media, on Twitter, dub, at WNWallop, on Instagram, WNWallop, on Facebook, Wednesday Night Wallop. Look for myself and Kyle Joseph's name. And if you want to reach me on Twitter personally, you can find me at, at R-Y-A-M Sport Report. Kyle, why don't you tell them where they can find you on Twitter? Uh, if you're so inclined, you can find me on Twitter at LeregendaryKJ. That's L-E-R-E-G-E-N-D-A-R-Y-K-J. Thank you all so much for listening. Um, I should tell the people uh, I will be away next week, so it will be Rylan. Uh, and someone else to be determined um, f- hosting the show. But I'll be back. Uh, the, we'll be back the week after. Um, got some special stuff planned for that. Um, yes. Grand Slam. It's going to be a time. Is that really? Oh, my God. Grand Slam? Yeah. Shit, Kyle. Oh, um, We'll get some popcorn for that oh, motherfucker. we will. Um, Anyway, thank you so much for listening all the way to the end. We appreciate each and every one of you who have done so, and you have been walked. Good night! You have been listening to a Wallop Media podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Wallop Media. The hosts of our shows are Rylan, Kyle, and DK. You can find Rylan on Twitter at Rylan Wallop and Kyle on Twitter at Kyle Wallop. Production is by RJ Spearin. You can find his work at facebook.com slash spearkingco.
Logo designs are by Maisie Mulder. You can find her work on her website, MaisieMulderDesigns.com. Our podcasts are hosted by Acast. You can listen to them on the podcast catcher of your choice or on our website, shows.acast.com slash wallopmedia.